Well, thank you all for coming out for Rosh Kadesh tonight and obeying the commandment to come before the Lord on his new moon on the Rosh Kadesh, the beginning of the month. So let's start with a, uh, with a prayer. Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in heaven. Father, we come before you as you instruct us to do on your new moon to worship you and give thanks for this renewal in our lives. Thank you for what this means, for the lessons that you give us each month and each Shabbat that bring us closer to you. Open our hearts and our minds this evening, Father, that we would be touched by your word and it would guide us in our lives. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. All right, so I tell you, this is my third time doing this, and I would have never thought that I would be up giving teachings on um, Rosh Kadesh when I began doing this year, you know, four or five years ago. So um, um, I appreciate the opportunity. I, I thank the Lord for what He's done to call me to do this, and um, I hope that uh, that what I do gives you some um, some wisdom and some some things that maybe you didn't know before, and we come come away from here enriched. So this month is the month of Kislev, and I'm trying to get my bearings here. So give me just a second. Kislev is increasing the light and dedication of his kingdom. Kislev is the ninth month of the um, calendar that begins in Nisan, the ninth month of the biblical calendar, but it's the third month of the regular Hebrew calendar. Kislev is thought to be the month of life. Kislev is associated with the tribe of Benjamin, and Benjamin is the only son of Jacob who is to be born in the promised land. The first rainbow observed after the flood happened in Kislev. God made his covenant with Noah during Kislev in Genesis 9. The 15th of Kislev, in the year 145, the Greeks made pagan sacrifices in the temple in places all throughout Judea. Antioch the fourth Ephenes this began the ultimate exile to Babylon Kislev is the month of Hanukkah which begins on the 24th of Kislev and ends on the 2nd of Tevet the celebration of Hanukkah connects Kislev and Tevet Kislev is the month of dreams we find the seven major dreams mentioned in the Torah all in the book of Genesis King Avimelech Jacob, Joseph, all had dreams in the Torah portions read this month. Hanukkah is not Jewish Christmas. This is a celebration of the Maccabees returning the temple of the Jewish people and reestablishing the proper service to the temple of God. Hanukkah teaches about light and darkness Evil will never prevail, light will overcome darkness, and our, good will, our, our God will prevail. 
We should always separate the holy from the profane. We light our menorahs at night to symbolize light overcoming darkness. Um, the letters of the dreidel, even though we use the dreidel more during um, um, the celebration with Esther, with the Purim, in the, that's right. Um, but a great miracle happened there. The noon, the gimel, the hay, and the shin, what they, what they mean is that a great miracle happened there. The dreidel is a Jewish variant of the teetotum, a gambling toy found in many European cultures. Each side of the dreidel bears a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, as we said, the, nimble, the nun, the gimel, the, sh the hay, and the shin, which together make the acronym Nes Gadol Haye Sham, which means a great miracle happened here. The women of light, Sarah, Rebecca, Esther, and Deborah, we remember these women in Kislev. Israel is called a light of the nations. Yeshua is the most important light. Yeshua is the light of the world. So, um, let me do this over here so I don't lose my place. Hebrew for Christians has a, a good take on a couple of topics. First is, is they, this is known as a month of darkness. On the biblical calendar, the month of Kislev is the ninth month of the year, as we said. Uh, counting from Nisan. The month is therefore one of the darkest of the year. With the days progressively getting shorter and the nights getting longer. Indeed, the winter solstice generally occurs during the last week of Kislev and therefore the week of Hanukkah, which straddles the month of Kislev and Tibet and often contains the longest night of the year and even during leap years when the solstice occurs a bit later there's always a new moon during the season of Hanukkah it's no wonder that among other things Hanukkah represents an appropriate time to kindle the lights of faith so let's look at this solstice um, I know that uh, this is a little slide I pulled up and I got some facts about this winter solstice Am I saying that right? Solstice, yeah. Amid a whirlwind of holiday season, many are vaguely aware of the approach, approach of the winter solstice. How, and how, but how much do you really know about it? Whether you're a fan of winter or just wish it to go away, here are ten things to note about this solstice. The date of the winter solstice varies from year to year and can fall anywhere between December the 20th and December the 23rd of our Gregorian calendar, with the 21st or the 22nd being the most common dates. The reason for this is because of the tropical year. The time it takes for the sun to return to the same spot relative to Earth, relative to the Earth. It is different from, from the calendar year. The next solstice um, well, this was last year or something. It, it didn't have the exact date that, um, that it's going to occur this year. I didn't look that up. But Not only does the solstice occur on a specific day, but it occurs at a specific time of day, cor corresponding to the instant the North Pole is aimed farthest away from the sun on the 23.5-degree tilt of the Earth's axis. This is also when the sun shines directly over the Tropic of Capricorn. 
As most are keenly aware, daylight hours grow shorter and shorter as the solstice approaches and begins to slowly lengthen afterward. It's no wonder that the day of the solstice is referred to in some cultures as the shortest day or extreme of winter. New York City will experience 9 hours and 15 minutes of sunlight compared with 15 hours and 5 minutes of the summer solstice. So the days get a lot shorter. The seeming death of light and very real threat of starvation over the winter months would have weighed heavily on early societies who held varied solstice celebrations and rites meant to herald the return of the sun and hope for new life. Scandinavian and German pagans lit fires and may have burnt Yule logs as symbol, symbolic meanings of welcoming back the light. Cattle and other animals were slaughtered around midwinter followed by fasting on what was the last fresh meat for several months. The modern Druidic celebration, Alban Arthan, refers to the death of the old sun and the birth of the new sun. The pilgrims arrived at Plymouth Rock on December the 21st, 1620, to found a society that would allow them to worship freely. On the same day in 1898, Pierre and Maria, Marie Curie, maybe Curie, discovered radium ushering in the atomic age. In December the 21st, 1968, the Apollo spacecraft launched and become the first manned mission. Um, this is a nice picture of the a solstice. Solstice derives from the Latin scientific term solstitium, solstitium, called sol, which means sun, and the particular stem of Sistre, which means to make strand, to make stand. This comes from the fact that the sun's position in the sky relative to the, horiz to the horizon at noon, which increases and decreases throughout the year, appears to pause in the days surrounding the solstice. In modern times, we view the phenomenon of the solstice from the position of space and the earth relative to the sun. Earlier people, however, were thinking about the sun's trajectory and how long it stayed in the sky and what sort of light it cast. Have you ever heard of Stonehenge? The primary axis of the megalithic monument orienting is orienting the setting of the sun, while Newgrange, another structure built around the same time is at, as Stonehenge, lines up their winter solstice at sunrise. You see how it's dead in the middle? That happens during the solstice. The purpose of Stonehenge is still subject to debate, but its importance of the, on the winter solstice continues into the modern era. As thousands of hippies, pagans, and other types of enthusiasts gather there every year to celebrate the occasion. So then I wanted to come to this, which is a celebration. Here we go. Hopefully it'll do it. There we go. Of a feast or festival called Saturnalia. Saturnalia. You ever heard of that? That is where the holiday of Christmas came from. The holiday which began as a festival to honor the agricultural god Saturn was held to commemorate the dedication of his temple in 497 BCE. It quickly became a time of widespread revelry and debauchery in which societal roles were overturned, 
with masters serving their slaves and servants being allowed to insult their masters. Mass wearing and play acting were also part of Saturnalia's reversals, with each household electing a king of misrule. Saturnalia was gradually replaced by Christmas throughout the Roman Empire, but many of its customs, customs survive as Christian religions. So, um, it's interesting that that is um, associated at the same time as Hanukkah and how people would think of our Hanukkah as being a Jewish Christmas. Because in our culture, in the culture we live in, Christmas is much greater, uh, much more honored, much more observed than Hanukkah is. So it's, it's interesting, and we could actually do a study on that where we could have a whole hour to go over the, all the different facts of that. But um, Hanukkah is obviously the celebration of life. And I'll get to that in just a minute. The, the, the month of Kislev is also known as a month of dreams. And we'll get back here. This um, Jewish website, Gal Enai, has a really good um, take on the month of dreams. Beginning on the 25th of Kislev and tenure for eight days, the rabbinically ordained festival of Hanukkah is observed. Hanukkah commemorates the defeat of the Syrian regime. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong part. part. In the Torah portions read during the month of Kislev, we, must, we find most of the dreams mentioned in the Torah. Throughout the five books of the Torah, we find ten explicit dreams dreamed by seven dreamers, and all in the book of Genesis. The first dream of Abimelech, king of Gerar, appears in the Torah portion of Vayera, read in the month of Keshvan. The other nine dreams appear in the Torah portions of Vayetze, Vayashev, and Miketz, or Miketz, all read during the month of Kislev. According to the well-known Torah portion, principle that one should live with the times, namely live with the weekly Torah portion, the topics of dreams would be a proper meditative subject during the month of Kislev. During this month of dreams, one should strive to examine and clarify in one's soul the topic of the dream, to plumb the depths, depths of its roots in the soul, and to solve its riddle in a good and proper fashion. Each month is associated with a particular gemstone among the twelve precious stones embedded in the high priest's breastplate. The gemstone of Kislev is the ninth month, the ninth month which corresponds with the nine dreams as mentioned earlier, is the ninth stone in the breastplate, which is the, um, I'm not real good at, at this, but amethyst? Amethyst, there you go. It's a, in Hebrew, it's the Aklama. I'm better at Hebrew sometimes than I am English, how about that? In his book of, he of Hebrew Roots, the Radek explains that the roots of Aklama is Kalam, which is dream, and whoever wears one, an amethyst, 
on one's finger is very likely to see dreams. So then let's, let's go to, the, uh, to Hanukkah. Hanukkah begins on the 25th of Kislev and continues for eight days. The rabbinically ordained festival of Hanukkah is observed. Hanukkah commemorates the defeat of the Syrian Greek regime, which imposed cruel anti-religious decrees against Jewish people in Eretz Israel. Under the reign of King Antichus, during the Second Temple era, the foreign overlords of the land attempted to impose their pagan worship on the Jews. They contaminated the temple and turned it into a temple of idolatry. Among the righteous Kohanim, who exiled themselves from Jerusalem, were Matis Yahu and his sons from the family of the Kasmonians. The elderly Matis Yahu rallied the people to rebel against the Syrian Greeks. He died soon after, but his sons carried on the struggle and won a series of, series of miraculous victories over the vastly superior enemy forces. Finally, they took over the temple and began the task of purifying it. They set up a temporary menorah and searched for ritually pure olive oil. Only one flask, a single night's supply, could be found. And it would be eight days before an acceptable oil could be prepared and brought to the temple. Rather than not perform the mitzvah of the menorah for eight days, they kindled the menorah on the 25th of Kislev and miraculously the one day of oil burned for eight days until the new oil arrived. In recognition of this miracle, the sages proclaimed an eight-day holiday which served to celebrate not only the miracle of the oil, but also the miracle of the victory of the Syrian Greek army. They recognized that because the Jews fought for Hashem's Torah and mitzvahs, he helped them against all odds. This is the real lesson of Kislev. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about the solstice is it is the darkest day of the year. It's, it's, it's the reason the pagans, and it, this goes way back that they were celebrating that particular day, was they, they, they were um, looking forward to um, the days getting longer and they were they were celebrating that as as being a day that it was going to turn around okay um, and Hanukkah is the festival of lights so that's important so I'm, I'm gonna keep going with Hanukkah Hanukkah is one of the most widely known and celebrated holidays of the year it is a joy festive joyous and family oriented it begins on the on the 24th of Kislev as I said a significant time of year at least in the northern hemisphere, when the days are shortest and the climate is the coldest. Every Yom Tov, which is a Jewish holiday, has natural seasonal explanation, as well as a historical and spiritual story that gives rise to the celebration. All of these Yom Tovs are, are for the most part, biblical. This one's a little bit, uh, um, it's a story that's outside of Scripture, but Yeshua would have celebrated Hanukkah. When the Torah speaks of Pesach, Passover, for example, it defines the celebration as a commemoration of the story of the Exodus from Egypt. However, the Torah also says Pesach is to be celebrated in the month of Aviv. We know that as Nisan, which is the first month of spring, when harvest begins. Thus, the content of the day, the narrative is understood within a particular context, a specific season, 
with all its physical and psychological qualities. Before exploring the depths of the content of Hanukkah, let's first delve more into the context and intricate interconnection between Hanukkah and its month and season. Reawakening light. When the tractate Shabbat begins to discuss Hanukkah, it first mentions the story, one small jug of oil intended to burn for one night lasted eight nights. Then it says on the following year, they, our sages, established these days as holy days for singing praise and offering thanks. In other words, the sages didn't celebrate the miracles of Hanukkah right away. Only when the season came around again did they perceive the nature of that year's previous events. And this is important. They sensed that the energies of these miracles were established. The miracles remanifested in a spiritual way on the same dates the following year. By confirming the fact of this reappearance, our sages empowered us to also tap in to this miraculous energy of Hanukkah that appears each year. Why do we celebrate the miracles of Hanukkah and, and not other miracles? And why is it there is no holiday commemorating the manna or the miraculous well of Miriam? The answer is, we only celebrate past events when they can be re-experienced in the present. It would seem that the annual reappearance of the miraculous energy of Hanukkah is due simply to the cyclical patterns of time. They are certain patterns that rotate and return each year at the same time. However, in Jewish spirituality, we sense a linear movement of time as well. Time is always progressing forward towards a spiritual culmination. Therefore, unlike the natural patterns of the year, the energies of Hanukkah progresses toward a culmination, revealing something completely new each year. The linear movement joins the cyclical movement of nature to form an upward spiraling, reawakening, ever new light of Hanukkah. The name of the month is also trust and hope. Kislev, the ninth month of the year, counting from the sun, in the Torah we find that the root word of Kislev means trust and hope. Did I place my kali, my hope, in gold in Job 20, or 31, 24? And they placed in Hashem their Kislam, their trust, Psalm 78, 7. Kislev demonstrates, therefore, an illustration of trust. When you make an appointment to meet someone and they haven't yet arrived, you can't see them or know for certain that they will arrive on time. You can only see or envision their arrival by means of trust. When our days are dark and cold, we may not see the light and warmth of life clearly. Many people struggle with the seasonal affective disorder, a form of depression attributed to the diminished sunlight of the winter. After the winter solstice, the glimmer of light that arrives really does spark in us a trust of a brighter future. In terms of the historical narrative of Hanukkah, the Hasmoneans had tremendous beat o hanto. They stood, stand up to the Roman oppressors. Despite the darkness of their time, they trusted in the miraculous. This inspired them to look at a defiled temple and envision its repurification. Because of this trust, their eyes were open enough to find a small measure of oil which to kindle 
the, the Hanukkah menorah. Writing some 200 years after the dedication of the temple, Josephus, after the rededication of the temple, Josephus calls Hanukkah the festival of lights. Although his historical ac accuracy is debatable, and he doesn't even mention the miraculous oil, we can learn about Hanukkah's theme of trust and hope from his account. Perhaps the reason for the name of Festival of Lights is that a freedom beyond our hope appeared to us, and so this is the name given to the festival. The letter of the month. Every point in the calendar has unique energy, symbology, and an opportunity for growth. The ancient text, Sefer Yitzra, teaches that the month of Kislev corresponds to the letter Samet the astrological sign of Kishet or Sagittarius. Now, we don't believe in um, the, the Zodiac, right? But this is, this, this is the Jew, Jewish people saying that. The sense of the month. Sleep also involves descending into unconsciousness and vulnerability. An environment that is not trustworthy may keep a person from falling asleep. We tend to sleep only when we can trust that we will awaken. When Sefer Yetzirah mentions sleep, it categorizes it as one of several Hashim, senses, as in the sense of smell and sight. What does this mean? Some people have a kush, refined sense of, or of taste or the art of sleeping. In contrast, others have an utilitarian relationship with sleep. They sleep because they're tired or seek an escape from the awakening state. A gourmet sleeper has deeper trust in divine support, as the book of Michelet says, if you rest, you will not worry. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant, for they will trust in Hashem. When we lack trust, our minds are filled with self-centeredness, worries, doubts, and the unfinished business of the day. This prevents deep, pleasant rest, and we may not bounce back or awaken with energy for the next day. Therefore, to rectify this sense of sleep, to make our sleep more God-centered and pleasant, we must refine our faculty of trust. A few hundred years before the Hanukkah story, the first temple fell, and Jewish sovereignty was stripped from the land of Israel. On the 24th of Kislev, during this dark time, the prophet Haggai spoke of, to his broken people. His words inspired them to expect and envision magnificent, the magnificent rebuilding of the temple. Haggai spoke to the priest of the Jews of purity, a prophetic hint, perhaps to the pure jug of oil that would be found in the future on that same day. Despite the bleakness of winter and the trauma and opposition that they had survived, the people were filled with so much divine trust that they immediately began to rebuild the temple. Another prophet of those difficult times, Zechariah, transmitted to the people an image of purity and grandeur. He prophesied about a menorah of pure gold flowing continuously with holy oil. Thus, long before the Hanukkah story, the menorah became a symbol of hope and light. Many centuries later, too, the menorah became a symbol of the Jewish people and a major theme in the synagogue of art and architecture. The winter solace generally occurs during the last week of Kislev. Therefore, not only does the week of Hanukkah contain the longest night of the year, but at the end of the lunar month, the nights have virtually no moonlight. A student 
of the Baal Shem Tov named Rabbi Yaakov Yosef determined through complex calculations that the night of Hanukkah, the Hanukkah victory, and the relighting of the menorah was precisely the longest night of the year. This deeper darkness sets the stage for the greatest possible revelation of light. The light comes from the fire, is dependent on burning and destroying of something else. Divine light, however, is self-derived. At the burning bush, Moses encounters divine light. It shines like a fire, yet the bush is not consumed. This light doesn't necessarily take away the darkness. It somehow shines within the darkness. This is Or Haknuz, the hidden light, the divine light that burns within the darkness of creation, yet does not consume creation. It is the light of Hanukkah, revealed in the darkest nights of the year and the darkest times of exile. Thus, the small jug of oil lit by the Kohanim didn't consume any oil. When people are inspired, they can rise to meet great challenges. These are times when pure, when the pure oil of a person's soul shines brightly. Sadly, however, such peak experiences of inspiration wane, and most people return to the comfort of darkness. The miracle of Hanukkah was that the Jews were able to shine brightly for eight nights, extending beyond the natural cycle of the week. If Hanukkah began on a Sunday, the last night was also Sunday again, and yet they were illuminated as if it were the first night. The brilliance actually filled them throughout the whole year, and therefore they established the inspiration and illumination of Hanukkah would continue to manifest every year for all generations. There is a thought that Yeshua, um, if he was born on Sukkot, would have been conceived during this time of year. So the light would have been conceived during this time of year. Yeshua is our light. And, you know, celebrating Christmas for that fact would not be bad, you know. It's just it's been attached to something that's completely um, foreign to that. That's the, that's the thing about it. We don't celebrate Halloween and we don't celebrate Christmas in this congregation for reasons that those two holidays are attached to paganism. They're attached, one's attached to actually Hasatan, Satan, and one is attached to, to paganism. So um, that doesn't mean that, uh, that we don't have families that, that, that do celebrate Christmas or that we should, should shun families, you know, but we should understand what, what the meaning of these things are. So Kislev is, 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 a, is a month of renewal. All the, the Rosh Kodeshes are a month of renewal. Shabbats are renewals. The, the ending of a week and the beginning of another, you know. Seasons are renewals. God's about renewal. And that's what Rosh Kodesh lessons are about. And that's what um, um, that this, this month truly symbolizes, the renewal of a new um, year coming with uh, longer days until we get to the summer and it starts all over again, right? So let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you tonight for the month of Kislev and for just our understanding of your appointed times and your calendar, Father. And how important it is for us to pay attention to, the, to our surroundings and the cycle of the moons and the cycle of the weeks 
and come before you when you ask us to come before you. To draw nearer to you, Father, because we are your children. We obey your commandments, and we love you. Be with us as we go out into the world for the remainder of our week. And be with us as we come back here on Shabbat, safe and sound. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen.